Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast, brought to you by the OC Church of Christ. The Deeper Dive Podcast is about going deeper into God's Word, learning new insight, and taking a fresh look at the verses that impact our daily lives. Today, we have the honor of hearing from Robert Carrillo. Robert Carrillo leads the metro LA region of the LA Church with his wife, Michelle. Robert is an evangelist, teacher, and was a missionary for years and was also CEO of the nonprofit Hope Worldwide. Robert has his master's in divinity and currently is completing his doctorate. This episode is the first of a five-part series from Robert's The Way of the Pilgrim Ministry. So get your scuba gear and let's dive deep into God's Word. Here's Robert Carrillo. Hello, everybody. My name is Robert Carrillo. And I'm very excited to share the first of a series that we'll be doing on the spiritual journey and how we as Christians grow and develop through the years and uh, how all the wonderful ways that God works in our lives and how to have a richer, deeper, more exciting uh, walk with God as we grow older in life, as we go through this journey together. I'm super excited about this because this is kind of a culmination of of my own journey, as well as the education that I've been blessed to have. I've been um, a Christian now for almost 41 years, and I've been in the ministry about 37 years, doing um, mission work around the world, leading large churches here in the United States, and um, very importantly, pursuing higher education in Bible and theology, and now in spirituality. I got my MDiv at Pepperdine, and my... um, completing my doctorate soon, Lord willing, at Fuller Seminary in spirituality in a, and have been blessed to learn so much, uh, not only experience a great deal, but also learn a great deal along the way through my experiences, as well as uh, being taught by some amazing professors and learning from other leaders from other backgrounds. And so I'm very excited to share this with you. This is the first class Um the title of the series is Spiritual Journey. The part one, this first class, is Transformation. And uh, we're going to talk about that and focus on that. And that's the first step towards this greater journey that uh, we're going to be on together in this series. So um, go ahead and get comfortable and let's jump on in. You know, um, the, the title of is Spiritual Journey because I think we all know life is a spiritual journey, right? Uh, oftentimes, you know, we think, Am I a Christian or am I not a Christian? Am I in the kingdom of God or not in the kingdom of God? Am I in the church or not in the church? And we tend to think very black and white, in or out. But the truth is, even when we get baptized, when we make the decision to make Jesus Lord of our life, that's just that's just a significant, highly significant step in our spiritual journey. The truth is our spiritual journey begins long before we're even aware that it's beginning, as little children and sometimes even as as toddlers being taught church songs or being talked to about Jesus or God. And and our journey is, you know, it's from day one, really, as, as someone once said, from wound to tomb. And, um, but we oftentimes don't think of it that way, you know, and it's kind of funny. I hear people use the term when one of their kids is not going to church or somebody they love has left the church, they'll say he's on a spiritual journey, you know, and the truth is we're all on our spiritual journey and we all have our ups and downs and we all have our great times, our difficult times, painful times, joyful times, exciting times, 
I mean, it's all part of the journey. And what we're going to look at is how we go through that journey and how to keep moving forward and how to, how to help make it better and better and better as God intends it to be. So uh, let's jump on in. The, uh, there's a quote that I love. I use this a lot because I just, I, I love the, the, the challenge it is to our paradigm. Uh, it's uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardon. He says, we are not humans having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think that's really important to recognize because we tend to think of ourselves as just people, as just bodies with a mind, right? But the truth is we are spiritual beings. And that has a way of becoming evident more and more as we go through life and becoming more and more important as we go through life. Uh, I love how C.S. Lewis said, he's, he put it in very simple terms, but as always with C.S. Lewis, very profound terms, he said, you do not have a soul, you are a soul, you have a body. And I love that because, again, challenges how we think about ourselves and how we view ourselves. You know, we look in the mirror, we see our bodies and we think that's us. No, actually, we just have a body. Us is much more profound. Us is our soul, and our souls hunger, our souls thirst, our souls have needs, our souls are our true selves, our inner being. And so it's important to learn about this, to grow about this, and incredibly important to learn to live this way. Paul said to the church in Corinth, he said, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And Paul is talking to the church about how we grow, how we develop. Another way of putting it is how we, how we progress on this journey, right? And he says, and he makes a reference to Moses. If you remember, Moses covered his face because he didn't want people to see that the glory that he received from being with God on the mountain was fading. Oh, and so he hid that, the fact that it was fading. But Paul is explaining to us, explains to us that our glory should be increasing. And he, and, and most importantly, he talks about how this happens. He says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We who take the time to think about God, to focus on God, to ponder on God, to to meditate on God, to really focus our hearts and our minds on God, we're being transformed, and and God transforms us. And that's really, you know, we hear the term a lot nowadays, spiritual formation. Well, that this is what spiritual formation is about, is how do we get transformed by God? Because the really fascinating part of this, you know, in our early Christian life, we set out to be like Jesus, and we do things, and we don't do things, and we try to be like him, and we, in many ways, are, are transforming ourselves. But as we get older in the faith, as we mature spiritually and grow closer to God, hopefully we, we are discovering that it is God who transforms us. It's actually he who does the work. The Holy Spirit changes us, gives us a different heart different mindset. Well, how does that happen? That's the big question. Well, as we contemplate the Lord's glory. In other words, we learn to focus on God, to think about God, which is an incredibly difficult challenge in our times. 
the world we live in today. You know, Christians of the 21st century have very unique challenges that Christians in the first century didn't have. Of course, they had challenges we don't have. They were being hunted down by by the government and being hunted and crucified and fed the line. Well, thankfully, we don't have those challenges, but we do have some pretty intense challenges ourselves. A lot of that has to do with how busy our lives are, how distracted we are, all the other philosophies and ideologies and political uh, movements that are that are trying to draw our attention, influence us, and form our thinking, form our hearts, how we think and feel about things, instead of being formed by God, formed by the Holy Spirit. So this is a call to, or a reminder, really, that as we contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being formed, or even more than that, we're being transformed into what? Into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. There's so much in the scripture that we could spend a long time here. And I'm, I'm not, we're going to spend a long time. We're going to spend all the time it deserves, but we are going to pull out, some, unpack some of the important things here. He says that we're being transformed. We're being changed. We're not changing ourselves. Yes, we've done that. We've been doing that as Christians, but we're also being trained, changed. But kind of a, almost a passive role here. Uh, I was speaking to a good friend of mine um, who's a doctor, and he was explaining to us, I, we were talking about this point, and he explained to us that, you know, in, in physical therapy, there is, there is active mobility and passive mobility. Active mobility is the things you can do, the fact that I can lift my arms, I can move, I can move my legs, I can, I can do things. But sometimes we get hurt or we get crippled or we get damaged in some physical way, and we can't do it on our own anymore. And it's important to note that our bodies still can, but we need somebody to help us. Somebody maybe that, that moves our arm because we're not able to at that point or, or helps us to stretch our muscles or move our legs. And that's, that's passive mobility. That's passive activity. And, and in a sense, this is kind of what we're talking about is learning to let the Holy Spirit move us. The Holy Spirit to take action through us, and and we're we're but it, it takes, a, I believe, a conscious effort to allow God to do that, creating the space for Him, giving Him the time He needs, focusing on hearts and minds to learn to allow ourselves to be transformed. It's 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 a little it's 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 a it's a slight paradigm shift that can actually be massive in our lives. You know, we think about, we tend to think about what do I need to do or not do as Christians? Here's the call is, what do I need to allow God to do in my heart and in my mind? God is trying to transform us and change us and make us, what he tells us, into his image, which is a very important concept. There's a phrase that's been used for thousands of years, the imago Dei, it's Latin, the image of God. You were made in the image of God. If you remember back in Genesis in the beginning, God took the dirt and he breathed into it and he made it into his image, right? He didn't do that with the trees and the animals. He did it with us. There's a, there's a really great scene in Jesus' ministry where they're asking him about paying taxes and he picks up a coin and says, whose image is on this? In the Greek, it's the icon. 
And and they say, of course, Caesar's image. And he says, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And of course, we were made in God's image. We are God's image. But we lose sight of that. And, you know, growing up in this world, we get corrupted by the world. We get malformed or even deformed by the world. And so what God is doing is bringing him back to what many authors would call our true self, which is the image of God, what we were made to be. We were made in his image, but we have to learn how to live that way, how to think. And that comes from learning how to think that way and how to feel that way. And he says that we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. In other words, just as time goes by, it just becomes more and more who we are, what we are, the image of God, that we, who we are and what we are, we, we learn to live that and be that. But this is what God does in us. And he says, into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is the work of the Lord. This is the work of the Spirit. This is not your work. This is not my work. This is the work of the Spirit. He works in us to help us live and be transformed by God. So it's an incredible plan. That's the spiritual journey. The spiritual journey is learning to allow God to transform you, learning to allow God to strengthen you and to, to help you become what you were created to be, a person who is filled with love, who is pure, who is holy, who is righteous, who lo- lives in the light and in the truth, confident in God's love, confident in who you are and what you are and goes through this life full of goodness of God and 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 peace and joy which is really what we all want but as you as all of us know that's not naturally who we are or how we are we have to allow ourselves to be transformed this is the spiritual journey is becoming like God and it comes through knowing God contemplating God, being close to him, focusing on him, and he transforms us. So a whole lot there with some pretty cool stuff to think about. Uh, He told the church in Colossians, he is the one we proclaim, right? Jesus, talking about Jesus. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. And I love this because he, he, you know, in, in the church, we're always teaching, preaching, we're learning, we're listening to classes, we're, we're getting admonished, we're getting taught things, you know, and, and, and here he tells us what for, right? We're, we get all this teaching and wisdom that's given to us. And he says, so that we can be presented fully mature in Christ. And as a leader, so that we can present the church. In Ephesians 4, he talks about that's the very reason we have leadership, is to help everybody become fully mature in Christ. Here he says, this is why we go through all. This is why we go to church Sunday, go to church Wednesday. This is why we get with each other and pray together and help each other grow spiritually, what we call discipling. This is the purpose of all of this, is so that we can present each other fully mature in Christ. And that word a very important word. That word mature is in Greek, it's teleos. Many times it's translated as perfect. You remember Jesus 
in the Sermon on the, on the Mount, he said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And the word perfect in Greek, teleos, is not, does not mean flawless like we think of it in English. We think if something is perfect, it's flawless. It's not what it means in the Greek. It means it's fully mature, fully developed. So we, we do all that we do to present each other fully developed in Christ or fully mature or fully grown up. And that's our spiritual journey, growing up in the Lord, becoming the image of Christ, becoming our true selves, mature in Christ. And, and, at the, and as we do that, we have to detox from the world and from sin and from all the garbage that surrounds us, what, what the scriptures call the corruption of the world, right? That's, that was Paul's language. Um, in Colossians 3.10, he says, having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And I love this little picture. You got that little house cat in his shadow that he casts is of a huge roaring lion. I think this is how God sees us. He sees us according to our true self, and he wants to help us to get there, to arrive there. Um, that's our spiritual journey, right? Having put on the new self, the new self is the, the self that is Jesus, right? That is like Jesus, which is being renewed, right? Not, not was renewed, it's being renewed. It's an ongoing present participle, right? It's it continues to happen. That's our journey. It isn't, we, 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 we fall into the error sometimes of thinking, oh, now he's baptized. He, he made Jesus Lord. He's good. Well, yes, he's good in that if he died, he'd go to heaven. Or if she, she you know, had a heart attack when she got out of the baptism, she'd go straight to heaven. Yes. But most of us are going to be around 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years longer. So, what happens in that period? Well, we're leaving behind the corruption of the world and we're becoming our renewed self by being renewed, right? We don't come out of the baptistry just love and purity and peace and joy and no sin and no, no corruption of the world. No, that takes time. I mean, we change, we repent, we stop cussing and doing drugs or yelling at each other or having fits of rage or, or, drinking or getting high with you. Know, we leave that stuff, but we're not yet like Jesus. We're not our true self yet. That's this lifelong journey. And it's a very exciting journey. And it happens as, as God is renewing ourselves and renewing us. And he also gives us, an, again, this important clue in the knowledge, right? Being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So it's in knowing God. Earlier it said contemplating God. Here it's knowing God. And that word, another word in Greek, gnosis, that is not the same as it is in English. It's uh, here, gnosis or knowledge is really, it's, it's more than just information. In English, we think of knowledge as you have, you've gathered all the information. You know what it's all about. You have all the, the facts. But in, in, in this sense, Knowledge is experiential, it's relational. So like my wife and I, we know each other because we've had years of experience. We have a great relationship. This is why Jesus told those religious uh, Christians in Matthew 7, away from me, I never knew you. 
And even though they'd done a lot of religious stuff, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So he said, away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. Knowing God, knowing Jesus is incredibly important. And that happens through spending time with The same way it does, it happens with any relationship. You spend time together. You share your heart. You, you, you do things together. You build a relationship. You take care of the relationship. You remove the obstacles. You resolve the conflicts. You, you, this is the work that is on us, not changing our hearts and minds. God does that work. It, our work is knowing God, coming to know him and living in that knowledge in the and through this, he, may, he helps us to become and live in the image of our creator, of God, which is pretty cool, pretty amazing, you know? And I love how Peter describes this. Peter does an amazing job of describing this. He says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge, there's that word again, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So this, this picture, this is the metamorphosis of a butterfly, right? Beginning as a caterpillar, devouring everything, I mean, if you've ever, if you have a garden, you know, caterpillars are trouble because they devour everything. So the caterpillar is just devouring everything. That's like a young Christian just reading their Bible, going to church a lot, learning everything they can. But as time goes by, they begin to, they're going through a metamorphosis and they are becoming something else. They are becoming like God. I mean, I love how Peter says it. He says, we're invited to participate in the divine nature. That's the butterfly right there, the divine nature. But he tells us, look, God gives us everything we need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. He, not, not us, we don't give ourselves what we need. He gives us. So we have to look to God. We have to depend on God. We have to ask God for help. We have to stay connected to God. And that is the key of this whole journey, the key of your spiritual journey. Is staying connected to God and becoming really good at that. Because sometimes even the opposite can happen. The longer we're in the, in the church, the longer we're Christians, we get so good at this Christian cultural life that we almost don't need God anymore. We just, we get used to it. And the, the, the key of this spiritual journey is continually growing in our knowledge of God staying close to him as he calls us. We are being called to him through his glory and his goodness. And he says, through these, he has given us his very great and promises, great and precious promises. There are a lot of great promises as Christians, the promise of being loved, the promise of being uh, strengthened, the promise of having victory over sin, the promise of, of having a great marriage and a great family and and, and being able to overcome all the garbage that Satan throws at us in this life, all the damage of the world, to be able to rise above it and 
overcome it. These are amazing promises. And we're in, and how are, how do we achieve these? How do we, well, it's again, it's, it's through our knowledge of God because he gives us these promises and through them, we escape. He says the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And these are evil desires that are in us. And sometimes as we all know, we're our worst enemy and, and, and we drag ourselves down and we get ourselves in caught up in corruption, but he gives us the way out. He gives us these promises that we can cash in on through him, through our knowledge of God. But that is an intentional way of living, of walking with God, living with God, uh, having a deep and powerful relationship with God, uh, living in his grace, which if you, if you ever study out grace in the New Testament, you'll notice that many, many times the word power is somewhere nearby because the two very much go together. And, and so we're invited into this transformation, and it's a very exciting. I would say the most, I've been a Christian 40 years, and the most exciting time of my Christian life has actually been the last four years. I mean, it's just been more and more exciting as I've gotten to know God more and more. And it's not just classroom knowledge. It's not just I'm learning a bunch of theology. It's I'm learning how to draw near to God to live with God, to walk with God, to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm learning spiritual disciplines so I can learn how to live this life, right? This, these are all keys, and this is what's so exciting. This is what this series is going to be about, is learning these. There is absolutely an expectation of growing and moving forward. In Hebrews 6, 1 through 3, he says, therefore, the author says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Okay, and notice, okay, he says, we got to move beyond the first principles, what in my fellowship, what we call the first principles, right? We got to move beyond that. Not that you leave it behind or you forget it. You don't, because that's the foundation. Everything goes on the foundation, right? And you don't just pull out the foundation and you don't forget this foundation, but you don't live your life on the foundation. You build your home. You build the castle on top of the foundation, right? He says, so let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward. And I want to point out there, it's not and move yourself forward. It's be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance. Okay, it's not just about, you know, we, we learn about repentance and that's going to be a way of life. But it's not laying that foundation again, or from acts that lead to death, from our sins and garbage we did, or of faith in God, how to trust God, how to how to obey God. Those are all incredibly important things, but we got to keep moving forward. That's not the sum of it. Many people think being a Christian is just leaving behind your sin and putting your and having faith in God. There's a whole lot more to it. God has a plan for your life. And, and that's what he's talking about. We got to move forward and allow ourselves to be taken into maturity or perfection is that word. It's that word again. Instruction about cleansing rites, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These are all the basic foundational teachings that we learn early as Christians. And this is in God permitting, we will do so. So God is calling us to keep growing, to keep learning. You know, I love this. You know, just because you're old and you have a lot of time in the church, it doesn't mean you're mature. 
maturing is a very intentional process. It doesn't happen accidentally. We, if, we, if we're not paying attention, we get deformed or malformed instead of formed in the image of our creator. So being old doesn't make you mature. You could just be an old Christian. And you think about it, they're old Christians. They tend to be dogmatic. They tend to be grouchy. They tend to be self-righteous. They tend to be judgmental because they haven't matured. But the mature Christian tends to be gracious, filled with love, kind and patient, and, and tends to, to understand how frail we all are and lives in the truth and walks in God's love. That's what we're called to, not just being old. In Hebrews 2.10, he describes not only our journey, but in, in, in Hebrews 2, he talks about the journey Jesus was on. You know, Jesus, again, a reminder, he said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. In other words, be grown up, be mature as God is mature. But Jesus himself had to go through this maturing process. It says in, in Hebrews 2.10, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. For this very reason, I would jump to verse 17. Well, let me stop there. So he says that, that God, through whom everything exists, made the pioneer of their salvation. Who's the pioneer? Jesus. So he's a pioneer is the one who cuts the trail, right? Who blazes the trail. Jesus blazed the trail of spiritual of this spiritual journey of developing, of maturing, of becoming perfected. He says he's the pioneer of their salvation. He's the one who blazed the trail and, and, and says he should make the pioneer. God made Jesus perfect. Through what he suffered. Did you catch that? Wait a second. I thought Jesus came perfect. No, he was made perfect through what he suffered. So the, the challenges that Jesus went through in his life are what perfected him. Same for us. The challenges we go through in life are what perfect us, what help us become like Jesus. And in verse 17, for this, very, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priests in the service to God, in service to God. And he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. And he tells us that Jesus, he had to be made fully human. In other words, he has all the temptations, the struggles, the challenges, the feelings that we get, that you and I get. And he had to overcome those. He had to mature through those, right? That and it wasn't easy. I mean, the Hebrew writer says, with loud cries and tears, right? It was not easy. It was hard. It was difficult. And in Hebrews 5, 8, 9, it says, Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Did you catch that? Jesus himself had to learn obedience. He learned to do what was right. He learned to obey God. That's our spiritual journey, is learning to seek God's kingdom first, learning to seek his will, learning to obey his teachings, to practice what he taught, even and when we are suffering. In fact, suffering plays a huge part in that. And that's, that's, a, that's a tough one to swallow, but it really is. Think about 
your best prayers, your most passionate prayers in life, oftentimes it's when we are suffering. Think about the times you cry out to God, face down, sprawled out on the floor. Oftentimes it's when we're suffering. And Jesus himself suffered. And it says, once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Having suffered, having overcome this temptation, overcome sin, having worked through it and matured in his life, he became the perfect source of, of eternal salvation for all of us. And, and in many ways, okay, he's our pioneer, right? He's the one that blazed the trail. Therefore, we're walking the same trail. We're walking the trail that Jesus blazed, that he cut. And our suffering, our obedience, our devotion, our journey leads to the salvation of others. Others see us and learn from us. And they can follow. We blaze the trail and there are people in front of us that we can watch and learn from. And there are people behind us that we are inspiring, encouraging. And who's in front of us? Jesus is in front of us. And he overcame and he walked this walk and he lived this journey that you and I are on. I love this um, quote from Hans Hansers Bafasar. He said, what you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. We all have a life. And we only get one. And, and, and thankfully, God blesses us all. We come into this life and we all have many, many blessings. Sometimes we have to stop and remember them because we forget and we think we're not that blessed. But we are. We all have blessings. That's God's gift to us. Who we are, your strengths, your weaknesses, even, even your weaknesses are God's gift to you. They are his grace. Because in your weaknesses is where you're going to learn to depend on God. It's where you're going to learn to connect to him. If all we had was strengths, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't want God. We'd think, I can save myself. I can do this. But in our weakness, we, we see our need for God. In our weakness, we realize how important God is in our lives. So we have our strengths, we have our weaknesses, we have many, many gifts, and that's, that's our gift from God. However, it doesn't end there. God has great plans for our lives. God invites us to, to participate in the divine nature, and that's spiritual formation. That takes spiritual transformation to reach that, to mature, to grow. And God absolutely expects us to walk this journey, to move forward in our spiritual journey. Why? Because we discover so many of his great and precious promises along the way. And when we don't move forward, we get stuck. And as Peter would say, we become ineffective and unproductive in our, in our knowledge of God. We, we, if we're not moving forward, it's probably because we're not growing in our knowledge of God, which means we become ineffective. We have no impact. Our marriage suffers, our family suffers, our relationships suffer, and we don't make a difference in our life. And a lot of Christians get stuck there. I would say that many Christians who've just gotten older but not necessarily matured are, are, are struggling with that, feeling plateaued, feeling stuck, feeling like they're not making a difference anymore. And some Christians are struggling with marriage issues and family issues. And not that we don't all get it. We all get them, but they get stuck in them. 
because they're not moving forward in their knowledge of God. And it says, what you become is your gift to God. This is how we show our love and our gratitude to God, by taking a step forward in our spiritual journey, by knowing him better, by walking with him, by living with him. So what you are is God's gift to you, but what you become is your gift to God. So I'm going to stop there, and uh, that's the end of class one. And thank you for being here, and thank you for taking the time and making the effort and being intentional about your spiritual life. With that, God bless you. Buen Camino. Thank you, Robert. Again, this episode is part one of a five-part series. Our next episode will be part two, titled The Stages of Spiritual Development. Thanks for listening to Deeper Dive by the OC Church of Christ. If you want to get connected to us or want to donate to the program, go to our website, occhurchofchrist.com or through social media at the OC Church. Join us next time for part two of the journey. 